Hey, this is Harry, and you're listening to the Lit Podcast, a show where we speak with New York City event hosts and their stories. This week, I'm speaking with Dr. Lisa Levy, a visual and performing artist and radio show host based in Bushwick. Welcome. Hey, Harry. How are you? I'm good. You know what? Did I tell you my brother's name is Harris? No, but people oh, call me so, Harris all the time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and, and there aren't a lot of Harrises, so I immediately feel comfortable with you. That's what I want to say. Beautiful. Well, if you want to call me Harris, that's fine. I have a couple of No, I do not want to call you Harris. I do not want to be thinking about my brother right now. <laughs> all right. We are very, I love my brother, but I don't want to, no, he's in Baltimore. I don't want to be thinking about that. Are you, is your, are you, are you from Baltimore? Uh, I know that no. you're from Bushwick. Actually, I was born in New York City. I lived in Sidesontown uh, till I was eight. And then we moved to the suburbs of Philadelphia. And then after college, I'm really old. I don't know. You could probably guess that. But in 1978, I moved back to New York City after college. I moved to 11th Street, uh, literally across the street from where Webster Hall is now. And uh, I lived in Manhattan until about 10 years ago where uh, my husband and I moved to Bushwick. Okay. So you've been in the, you've been in Bushwick longer than me. I've been here for about four years now. Mm-hmm. The. Hmm. Where were you before the, that? Um, what, were was, you in I, Brooklyn? <laughs> no. Well, I'm in, I'm in uh, Bushwick, Brooklyn now. I've been here for four years. Oh. Before that, I spent a couple of years uh, in California because oh. I, I, I always, I thought it was cool. I wanted to like maybe like smoke weed every day. So that's what they do in California. That would be good. But I was born and raised in the Bronx. So oh, I'm very, okay. very happy so to you're one that. So you're one of us. Or yeah, I'm well, one of you, really. Well, the like, Bronx what, is hardcore. The Bronx is like really, that's like you can't. You grew up in the Bronx, like you really own being from New York, if you ask me. It's very different. So the Bronx is a, like a little bit more residential, I feel. And it's, it's completely like night and day between like what Manhattan is and what the Bronx is. So. Yeah, I used to, um, I was in a program at the Bronx Museum of Art. So I went there like every week for a few months and there's a lot of different parts. The Bronx is very diverse too, isn't it? Seems like it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, it's There's like it's, different areas. It's it it has a, a couple of different areas. Uh, I think a lot of people go up there for the Yankees. Oh yeah, and, that's what they are known for, the Yankees. Yeah, but let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about you. Back the, to me, yeah. Yes, back to me. Back back to the guests. People are wondering like what. What do you do? So uh, what, is, what is your art? Tell me more about these gallery openings. Gallery openings. Okay, well, my art um, is, so it's very, um, I, I basically do conceptual art, which is a really pretentious word to say art that's ba- idea-based. And so everything I do is based on an idea, like kind of a literal idea, not in a, an emotion, there's emotion attached to it, emotion of something that I want to say, but I usually have something that's very focused. And you can see um, 
sort of my sensibility, I guess, or what interests me or what, what areas I talk about throughout the, all the different things I do. But mostly uh, at this point, I am, well, I do a weekly radio show with Radio Free Brooklyn called Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And that's live every Thursday, two to three on Radio Free Brooklyn. Nice and that's a show where, uh, based on a character I developed about 20 years ago called Dr. Lisa, the self-proclaimed psychotherapist. And I have done many projects um, with that character on stage. Um, I did an audiovisual thing for BAM a few years ago. And, you know, I've been doing this radio show for five years now, which is awesome and amazing and been a great opportunity for me. So I do that every week. I uh, also am very involved in visual art. I have a series of text paintings called The Thoughts in My Head that I've been working on since 2011. And they're just literally text paintings of the thoughts in my head. And I am represented by uh, VSOP Projects in Greenport. And they, I work with uh, Jonathan Wyckoff there, the director, the owner of the gallery, and we've done some really great work together. Um, so, you know, I've done work that's been at art fairs and, and galleries and, you know, that stuff, that kind of stuff, the regular art stuff. Right. You have like and, regular art and then you have more underground art, right? And then I do like these kind of more guerrilla type performances that are sort of funny and, um, you know, where I really try to connect with people. The, re the reason I like doing these kinds of performances is because I can just do something on the street sometimes and I don't have to worry about like getting an audience or like, it's just so democratic and you can just be, you can just meet people. Like one of the performances that I've done a couple of times is called Rock and Granny Love, where I dress as a grandmother and I have a rocking chair right out on the street. And then I uh, invite people to sit on my lap and I rock them and give them unconditional love. So I just have strangers, it's usually been at Bushwick Open Studios or some art fair in some other context, not just that random, but, you know, it's just so wonderful because I get everybody, just such a cross section of the world sitting on my lap where I'm hugging them and going, I love you. You're my favorite. You know what I'm going to make you for dinner? I'm going to make you your favorite thing. And then I'll say things like, your mom told me such good things about you. She's so proud of you. I had a policeman in my lap one time since that's so current now. But um, like that is just so great to connect with people that way. And I've done many, you know, um, psychotherapy live is a performance where I invite i have like a real set with a couch and stuff like that like a regular shrink setup and i have uh prescription pads and i invite audience volunteers to come up and i do psychotherapy like in front of an audience or like like I, a like a lemonade stand type of thing or no it's a little more 
um, it's, you know, it's a set where the, where the, where they lay down. It's not really advice. I mean, it is advice, but it's, it's kind of like what's trying to like figure out what the person's issue and talk to them about it in a serious way. I was just trying to envision like the, the, the location. If it's like, if you're also doing that on, on the street or are you doing that at a, at a venue? Well, it's been, um, it's been all of that. I did a TV pilot with brick, uh, also, but what, what I've done, like in the last fall, I did a festival where I had, you know, the set, um, I've done it on the street, uh, at festivals. And like last year, I also did, um, a benefit for Shasama where I had kind of like a little room and with the couch and everything and the guests at the benefit, there were all these, I mean, it was such a great benefit like that Shasama throws that Anita Durst runs. She runs this amazing benefit every year. It's just so crazy and wonderful and people really love it. And they have all these different things set up, all these little, you know, you can get like, you can get like your face painted and stuff like that. And I had like a booth where people basically at this party could come in and lie down and I would do therapy on them, you know? Um, and I think that what maybe I, the talent I've developed perhaps is like really having a sensitivity or an instinct about what kind of questions to ask people to really try mm -hmm. to get to the root of what their issues are. Like um, when I was doing the festival, there's a video online on my YouTube page of what one of the p subjects at the festival. So it was a young woman who wanted to quit smoking, but really liked smoking. And what we wound up what, finding out was that like, she just was having trouble with like discipline in all areas of her life. She was a young woman and she wanted to have fun and she was having trouble making a living and she had like you know she wasn't she was a young woman in development but like she was we came together with the audience realizing that like the i like basically said to her you have to stop smoking before you're 30 it's fine now so she wound up we all wound up thinking about how we need to mature at some point in our lives, but that we're enjoying it now. And I think everyone could relate to that. So that's what I thought. That's what I really love about doing psychotherapy is how universal it is and how um, people, uh, you know, like when you say what your problems are, or what you're worried about, and you say it out loud, and you say it in front of other people, and you say it in sort of a fun but supportive setting, it really takes the sting out of it. Like what we have in our heads, our shame that we have is so much more exaggerated in, in our own minds because we can't talk about it. And once you put it out there, it makes good comedy. I mean, I'm very supportive, but you can really have a good real laugh. It can be very cathartic for everybody. So that's, that's what I love about that character and that aspect of performing. But 
you know, I learned a lot. I started performing in my mid forties. I never performed before. And through doing that character over the years, I've done a lot of things like hosting benefits, doing, uh, you know, other characters, red carpet host, uh, granny. So it really has opened up a way. What all my work is about is connecting with people. Like I really feel like I want to have a really, like I'm a very direct person. I speak very directly, ask direct questions. Like I really want to feel connected to people in a meaning, in a meaningful, even like just for a minute, I just want to feel connected. So everything I do kind of comes back to that, including the text paintings. You, so you've hosted a red carpet something? Yeah, like one year, I did that for a while. One year, um, I guess the biggest event I did was I hosted the Oscars at Joe's Pub, the Oscars party at Joe's Pub. Nice. And what what it basically did was, um, the way it worked, I mean, it's more complicated, involved like a whole panel. Where where is Joe's Pub? I've never... It's on Lafayette Street. It's a really great theater. It's a, it's the kind of theater that I think it's personally, I think it's the best um, off Broadway or uh, nonprofit theater in New York City. Me personally, I mean, the cur- the, the curating there, you know, it's not like it's, it's very, it's a beautiful theater. It's incredibly well produced, but you can see really good acts there. Like, pink clouds and you can see um what's that woman's name bridget everett is a huge star she started out there a lot of stars have a lot of big acts have started out there and they're they take a lot of risks which is what i love about them what what i did for red carpet live was i inter i had like the red carpet and the gown and the whole thing and i interviewed people as they walked in, they guess, and I just pretended, we all pretended that they were big stars coming to, you know, the Oscars. And, you know, you know, like you'd walk up and I'd say, oh, I love that t-shirt. That looks, where did you get that? And, you know, um, and who did your hair? You know, who's, who's your grooming person, Harry? Who's your grooming person? because we want to make sure that they know, you know, we all know. And um, just sort of like making fun of people, but also celebrating them at the same time and making fun of the whole thing of like, who cares? You know, this is so ridiculous. How did you get involved with that? So that's, you were just friends with some people that run an off-Broadway theater? No, I mean, um, the way that I got, it's more because when I started doing psychotherapy live at here arts center, they gave me a monthly show. It got a really good response. The first show got a big, you know, piece in um, time out New York and uh, it did very well. And they offered me a monthly show right away. And um, I would say that the thing at Joe's pub was like five years later, you know, I had I mean, and then, you know, I built on that in sort of a, you know, very organic way. I mean, you know, I'm not selling out big theaters or anything by any means, but, you know, I have 
built a genuine performance career of some sort out of just doing that show, hiring a theater and having an idea, hiring a theater and doing the show. Mm -hmm. The, you mentioned that, so the kind of like the in-person act or show that you do, you've done it a lot at festivals. You did it at Brick? I did a TV pilot there, a couples therapy pilot. I I mean, I I did work with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, we did like a format for television is what I was saying. Like I've done a lot of different formats. I've done it one-on-one. I've done it on the street. I did it at Occupy Wall Street with either a couch, a blow-up couch that I can travel with and do therapy on the street. Uh, So I've done it in actual theaters i've done it on the street i've done it you know on the radio i did it for bam i did it like i I think i said that right so i had what is what is bam brooklyn academy of music that's a really major i mean that was a real um that was part of their visual art program so uh yeah i mean it's 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 been a really rewarding journey and so you've done many done all kinds of stuff over the years what are you currently working on the there's the the radio show yeah um i have um some paintings with uh vsop projects i'm working on a new set of text paintings i also like this is kind of like i do a lot of projects on my own I just do that. Like what I did, what I'm waiting, what I'm excited about right now at the moment is I designed this really funny pandemic. It was a Dr. Lisa occupational therapy jigsaw puzzle. And I designed, you know, I have a background as an art director in advertising. So I have the skill set and I designed it's, it, I designed like this puzzle and it's all these weird people wearing masks with the uh, COVID, you know, whatever symbols around them. Mm-hmm. And like, I've got a dog, I've got like, you know, policemen, I've got a mannequin and it's just on a bright background. And then the puzzle box I design, and it's just kind of like, you know, funny because occupational therapy is such a, it's like a pandemic souvenir. So, so you, got, you I, got merchandise. Yeah, I make a lot of merchandise. I have stuff. Uh, I ha- Oh, I forgot to mention, I also have a line of mirrors, text mirrors with a um, artist editions company, Open Editions. And they, they have booths at art fairs that sell my mirrors that all have text with them. Like, shut up. You open the mirror and it says, shut up. You look great. Like it has text. And uh, I also have work with printed matter. I have uh, like, you can get a matchbook that says a pink matchbox that says Lisa Levy got my first period, August 11th, 1970 or whatever. And it's like, uh, you know, like from a wedding or a bat mitzvah or something like a celebration. So uh, yeah, um, so I make things like that, but like this is something that I'm making on my own, and I'm, 
you know, I just had the idea and I'm like, I, you know, found a supplier online where you can make a custom puzzle. And I spent a long time. I mean, it was like a lot of work designing it and thinking it up and it's in the process of having it made. And I'm going to see it in a few days when I, when it's gets sent here, all finished. And uh, I'll be able to sell them online for like 35 bucks or something like that. And for me, what's exciting about that is I love what I made and I'll be able to share it. And, but there's also like right now, the way I feel about the project is it may have people may like the pro for me, the process has to be the reward because I don't know, people may like it. People may not. And that's yeah. true of all my work. Like for me, it's not about, um, it's about connecting with people. And some of the stuff I do does is attention getting, but that's my thing is of expressing what I want to express. And if people like it and it finds a home, it finds an audience, that's great. But I don't necessarily know whether it will or not. And sometimes I've been lucky enough that occasionally it does enough for me to keep going. That sounds great. I mean, that sounds, I feel like a lot of artists maybe struggle with moments of insecurity, like unless you're already famous, right? But most, I think most, most artists are not famous, right? So they have to, they do struggle with. It's all insecurity. See, for me, it's easier for me to do the project on my own. If I do it like for a gallery, then I'm worried that there's a lot more pressure because I also have to make the gallery happy. Or if I'm doing it for BAM, I have to make them happy. And I'm really worried. Like, I'm always really worried about failing. I'm always worried about it. And I go through periods where I feel really, you know, that I'm not getting anywhere. Long periods like that. But I'm really excited about this puzzle now, mostly because it took, it was a lot to get it done and I got it done and I have, I'm having this like feeling of completion. So I'm satisfied. Well, we got to, when, when that's available, I got to add it to the show notes so that people can go out. And... Oh yeah. I think it'll be fun. I hope it comes out good. Yeah. The, but tell me more about the, um, this radio show. So I'll admit, I haven't listened to it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe tell me. So you do a character. It's a character? It's not really. I call it a character because I call it Doc. I mean, Dr. Lisa. It's a one hour show. It's a one hour hour show every Thursday. And I basically, you know, it it ranges a lot depending on the um, willingness to share of the guest. Although I do usually I usually get something, something out of it, (laughs) but something out of them. But I'm not here. Yeah, I'm not here to like gossip or anything like that. What I'm trying, what I'm really, I am on a hunt to find out what is motivating this person, what makes them happy, what what about themselves that I can help maybe illuminate in them that they haven't thought about before. That's what I'm trying. That's like kind of the challenge to me is like, 
what I can reflect back to this person that could be helpful to them as I get to know them, you know, what they are looking for in their lives. And uh, I try to make it amusing at the yeah, same time. I was going to ask if, if it's like comedy, would you, would you describe it as comedy? Well, you know, that's the thing I've been asked since I've been doing this show, doing this character, is it funny or serious? And it's both. Like I, like I was saying that like a lot of times when we just say what we feel or we point out the truth or uh, it's funny, I am very, very protective of my guests. And I, I want to make sure like that I am not here to, as I tell them before I make it very clear before anybody comes on my, sh before I go live with anybody that I don't want to, I am not here to get you to talk about things you don't want to talk about. That's very important to me. Mm -hmm. so everything that I talk about with them, a lot of times, you know, people do say, oh, you know, they'll say, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Sometimes people say, oh, wow, I've gotten more done than I have with my shrink. Sometimes they'll say, oh, my shrink said that. So I'm on, you know, I am looking to understand them, but I'm also, because I'm a self-proclaimed psychotherapist, I'm also coming from a place where I don't really know anything. I have no training. So I could mouth off about what I think about you and you could say to me, that's so wrong. It's bullshit. And that's funny. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm just a self-proclaimed psychotherapist. So that's why I think, you know, people have said to me, why don't you get a degree or something like that? And I've thought about it, but I think that in the long run, the character gives me this freedom. And also it gives the uh, subject or the, the guest um, a lot more agency because I'm not... Uh, I'm not right. I'm not trying. Like if I say something about them, a lot of times they'll be like, yeah, oh, I hadn't thought of that. That's what I'm hoping for. But that doesn't have to happen. And I don't need that to happen. I'm trying to actually help them and think of something, you know, find and find something in them. But it doesn't have to be that way. And because I'm self-proclaimed, it gives the power to them to decide. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm a, not an expert. This is just something that I think as another person. So I, that's what I kind of think is, you know, good about it. The, what, how would you describe your fans? So like what, fans. who are the people, yeah. <laughs> who are the people listening to your radio show? Do you, do you have any uh, who's listening and how do you know, they do I don't really, I don't really know exactly. I mean, we don't get a, a lot of uh, numbers. We don't have like deep, deep data on who's listening or who they are, you know, and um, I'm surprised, you know, I'm always surprised when somebody says, oh, I heard your show or something like yeah. that or, or something like that. I think, you know, a lot of times I basically ch interview uh, comedians artists and um i would say that's most of it there's a variety of other kinds of people i've interviewed shrinks stuff like that but 
I think I think a lot of times like artists, I talk a lot about the, I have creative people and a lot of it's about the creative process. So I think that um, I do, a lot of it's about the creative process and I think creative mm-hmm. people are more likely to listen to it. Well, I guess tying it, relating it a little bit to what you said earlier about enjoying the process. If, if you are enjoying who you're interviewing with or who you're interviewing and you're seeking out maybe subconsciously or, or deliberately artists like yourself, then, then maybe that that's like being communicated through, like maybe that's people are, people are picking up on that. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I try not to like, that's like what I was saying about like the puzzle. If people, if people like it, great. I try not to worry about it. Uh, That's one of the things that I love about Radio Free Brooklyn. It's a really supportive environment and I'm not being evaluated about like how many listens I get and stuff like that. I don't have that pressure. I mean, you know, I care. And I think, you know, my show's been on the leader. It does pretty well, but, you know, I'm not like focused on that. But I do think that what I try, I I think a theme that runs through the show, as far as I can tell, is that art is healing. Creativity is healing. Because a lot of times creative people like myself are trying to work out something. For me, it was a very alienated, I was alienated. My family didn't like me. That's okay. I don't blame them. Whatever. I'm over it. I've been in therapy a lot. So I am trying to resolve the feeling of alienation from my family. And so through all of my art over the whole lifetime, I have worked that out a lot. It's been very rewarding. And I think that most creative people are also on a similar journey, although it may have nothing to do with their family or it may have to do with like their mother and specifically, or um, it may have to do that their parents uprooted them and moved them to a foreign country when they were four years old. I mean, it can be anything. But we all have these things. I think creativity is a very healthy way to work out your issues because we all have issues and you can get angry and you can get negative and you can get self-destructive or you can fucking get out there and take that uh, weakness or whatever that, 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 you know, that, difficulty that hurt that pain and get it out there and make some use it use it make something amazing happen that only you the individual only you have that pain and only you can make that happen and that's kind of like where where i'm coming from that's that's really inspirational the what i'm curious what is like what what has been your favorite do you what has been your favorite interview that you've hosted so far on the show? Um, you know, that's really, that's really, really hard to say because there's been like 200 and almost close to 250 interviews over five years. Um, I don't know. I I think that a lot of the interviews that are often the best are with people that you know, are probably the people who are less known than other people a lot of times where 
there's a real feeling of discovery with them. I think, you know, I think a great guest for, for me is somebody who really wants to, you know, think about what they, they are, you know, what they're, think about what their lives are about, what they want to accomplish and who they are. And I, like last week was, I had a great interview with um, Mike Josephs this past week, who's a black queer man. And I learned a lot from him about uh, my own racism that, you know, I know is there and how and why and about that. So I learned a lot from him, but I also saw how, Mike's upbringing made him ambivalent about being queer or like, you know, I just learned so much about him and it was so, he was so articulate and not just articulate, but he was so in touch with what, who he was. And he was able to describe that to me. And we were able to talk about that, you know, that it made sense that the way his mother and his stepfather acted towards him would scar him. Like, mm. there's not, you're, that's a scar. Like, somebody scarred you. And that's, you know, he was scarred. And like, the thing is, own the scar. Own the scar and be proud of that scar and move past the scar but we have to own the scar first. So I think like applauding somebody and, you know, finding something funny or not making like, oh, that's horrible, big deal, you know, or not big deal, but like, so look what you're doing now, you know, or something, making it okay, making those scars beautiful and fun and like just, collect them. You know, I did this piece last year called, I did a performance and I did a visual art piece called, um, it was a couple of years ago. I did the visual art piece last year. It was called traveling in my body through time. And what I did was um, I've had stage zero breast cancer. So I have a scar there. I'm fine. It was a long time ago. And I had over removed as a teenager and I have various other scars and what I did was I circled the scars and put a date next to it. And I did a performance naked and I went through every scar and told like a story about how I got it and what the scar, how I feel about having the scar, the memory, like what it, what it, what it means to me now having that scar on my body. And uh, it was funny. People were really laughing. They were really funny stories. I mean, there was a lot of humor in it. And I think that traveling in my body through time, like I, uh, we, ac we accumulate these scars and these scars are part of who they are, uh, we are. And they remind us, they're, they're like souvenirs, they're tokens. And they're all, there's usually growth. There's like, you know, I mean, I'm really grateful. Like I had stage zero breast cancer in 2008. I'm really grateful that I've been, I haven't had any problems since and what I had a lumpectomy. I, I didn't have a mastectomy. I'm very, if you want to talk about breast cancer, I am one 
fucking lucky person. And, uh, but having that experience is a really important part of who I am. And having that scar is almost like a manifestation of what I went through emotionally. I feel like I kind of earned it almost, or, or it's not even earn it. It's not a, there's no value on it. It's just part of who I am. And also I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid that people know about it. I'm not afraid to have people see it. You know, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not afraid of it. And it's very liberating to, to be able to say that, frankly. And I think it's good for other people. You know, when I got, when I had breast cancer, when I found out I had breast cancer and you start talking to other people about other, you know, not just women, my wife had breast cancer. My sister had breast cancer. I've had breast cancer. I mean, it's one of those things that is so much more common than you realize. So when I can do that, put my scar out there, it like it takes the sting out of it, I hope, for other people. I think that's great. I think I think everybody's deals with insecurity or accumulates these scars and then use like feeling empowered, right? So showing them off. Mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful. So here's an insecurity, just so you just so you don't uh get the wrong impression like I'm really confident and um, is that here's a really big insecurity I have that I don't think a lot of people are, 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 are aware of is that I worry a lot that people don't like me or that no, I, no, I know I know you I know like that sounds no crazy or you're gonna I mean I'm a black hole don't even don't go like you. oh that's not true don't But because of the way I was brought up and what I have, uh, you know, ingrained in me, I deal with that constantly. Like, Mm -hmm. I really feel that way. Like right now, and I'm not going to name names, there's a really long-term friend of mine that I feel really uncomfortable with because I'm afraid they think, I'm I'm like imagining they don't like me. And when I speak with them, I feel that way. And I'm not saying that's true, but I go through that or, um, you know, I mean, people think I'm really outgoing, uh, but I, I really feel pressure when I'm around other people um, a lot of the time because I, you know, like what, I, what I've been saying about fitting in and feeling part of you know, cause I wasn't part of my family and stuff like that. Like that never, that won't go away, but I can't really talk about it because, or like, no one's going to go, Oh, you know, I can't say anything. Cause I'll be like, well, I really feel like people don't like me. And then like, but Lisa, how can you say that? You have a radio show. Of course they'd like you. Blah, 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 blah. So I can't say it because it's a black hole. It only, it will only, elicit a response of reassurance and that's not helpful to anybody well i mean i apologize if if i did that i know that i've talked to some other people and they've told me 
that they want to be listened. So that's a very common desire for people is they don't want you to go in and solve their stuff. They just want to be heard. They just want to vent. They want to vent. And typically that's what, that's what your friends are for. Right. So, or yeah. Yeah. But you know, um, you know, when, when I, the way I grew up, we grew up. Even, even the doctor needs a doctor, you know? Well, yeah. And the doctor has a doctor. (laughs) Now I've had a, you know, been in and out of therapy for, you know, pretty much since I was 18. How do you, I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you, do you feel empowered when you're running your show or how would you? Uh, not necessarily. It depends. Like, uh, depends on the guest, depends on the mood I'm in sometimes, you know, if I'm feeling, you know, some days you just don't feel like particularly your, your best. I mean, 250 shows, you're going to have a couple like that. <laughs> but a lot of, you know, what makes it, what, where I get in, where I don't feel in control is when I have another performer on, usually a male who's very confident. Mm-hmm. And those people, uh, you know, I feel like I've got a, those people are a challenge for me. I mean, there have been times they're good. I mean, it's great for me, but those are the people there've been a, you know, there've been a couple of times where somebody's just been like, really what I would say is, you know, trying to take control, a performer trying to take control and then me feeling like in a struggle with them. I mean, in my own mind. No, but, absolutely. I, yeah. So, uh, you know, I guess it just comes with the territory. Yeah, I mean, right? every so, like, sh- every show is every show is different. You know, it it's like every live. That's what's so great. I mean, the shows are live. That's what's so great about a live experience is that there's so many different variables in a live experience and why watching live experiences. That's why I love going to see live experiences because you never know what's going to happen. Like things can come together in a perfect way. And sometimes things go horribly wrong, but it's all live. And that's the way life is. Like we're used to seeing an edited live life, right? We're Mm -hmm. used to, we watch TV. (laughs) TV is all edited. When we see like a live show, like a news report and somebody screws up a word, that seems odd. But people are always screwing up words. You know, yeah, like human. human life is human. not edited. Absolutely. So it's it's live every week. Mm-hmm. How can people how can people find out about your show and, and watch it and, and reach out to you? Uh, so people can listen to the show. Uh, Dr. Lisa gives a shit radio free Brooklyn.com. You can always go to radio free Brooklyn.com and search for me. I have a website, Lisa Levy industries.com. Uh, it's live every Thursday, two to three, but I have, if you go there are um, archives for my show on uh, megaphone. So you can like download any of the episodes, you know, I've had um, some really major artists, some major comedians. I had the 
comedy critic from the New York Times. Uh, he wrote a book on Letterman. I'd been on Stupid Petricks with my hamster. We had a great conversation. Um, I love, I love like small comedy shows, I think, because I know you're very interested in hearing about live events. And my favorite live events to go to are comedy shows that are, you know, where it's conceptual. I think the best performance right now is being done in the comedy world by conceptual comedians, like people like Joe Parra, Joe, Joe Firestone. Uh, you know who I love is um, Julio Torres. And he's really famous now. I mean, I remember when he was serving wine at art openings. So, uh, and he, you know who he, he's on the set. He's a writer on Saturday Night Live. He's, he has his own, you know, he's huge, huge. Well, I have to look him up. The... Mm-hmm. So that's my favorite thing to go see live is uh, alternative comedy where, you know, uh, Moreno Manola, he's been on my radio show. So that's just, funny. you know, things where that are performance but funny and just like new ideas that's why i like to go what i like to see when i go out i'm always looking for novelty new ideas things i haven't seen before weird things weird shit that's what i like to go to not not you know things that you might not have heard of or um where somebody's really trying something new I think a lot of people are are seeking that. A lot of people are seeking interesting experiences and and like lesser known things, I guess. I do too. And that's why living in Bushwick is the best place to be for that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I've met so many people through my shows and radio, the radio station, Radio Free Brooklyn in general. And, uh, you know, I've been... It's, you know, I'm really grateful to uh, have the opportunity to see see that stuff. You just, you know, the thing is, any it's open to everyone. It's just whatever your interest is. You you can just you just have to like look for it and find it, and it's there. Anything in this in this town, you can find anything you want. It's something for everybody. Yeah, for sure. If you All look right. hard enough. We will. <laughs> uh, thanks for being on the show. Dr. Oh, God, Harry, lovely. thank you for having me. And um, your, your platform sounds great. And I think uh, there's a need for it. And I think it's going to do really well. I'm excited to hear about it and that you're getting, you know, you're, you're going to be going places with it. I'm excited to share it with people like yourself and the rest of the city. So. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, really. I really enjoyed talking with you.